Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to the Pemberley Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pemberley Podcast. Some exciting news that we have to share. Coming up soon, we're going to be posting our interview with writer of the Lizzie Bennett Diaries and Emma Approved and co-creator of Welcome to Sanditon, Margaret Dunlap. Woo! I really loved having her on because, I mean, I've loved every, every guest that we've had has been amazing. And I feel like we learned new things about the way that the series came together with each guest. But Margaret was really like, I mean, the way she talks about it, it sounds like she was really sort of Bernie's number two and making all the production come together and the writing and Mm -hmm. making sure everything got done and like the the logistics for which props to have. Like she she was really hands on for everything. And we really, I I learned a lot about what went on behind the scenes. I was so glad she came over. And not just that, but she also gave some great writing advice and she was kind enough to share some stuff about her own career and her writing career and things that have been going on with her lately um so yeah we're super excited to be able to share that episode with you guys yeah it it felt like we were just hanging out we are so cool hi margaret she's also (laughs) the only fun fact she's like the only guest that's been on so far who actually listens to this (laughs) podcast so we were very grateful that she knew what she was getting into yes (laughs) everyone else came in and they're like who are you people how long have you been doing this oh recent (laughs) you started in september i thought this has been going on not to like call anyone out not calling anyone out we're not gonna name names don't name i'm looking at you to not name names. i know i'm not gonna name (laughs) names i know you don't have to tell me about that i'm not gonna name anyone's name i know how to keep a secret yolanda oh my gosh A fun thing we did, actually, was we went to the new Peter and Wendy season three launch party. And that was a lot of fun. It was sort of a very last minute thing. I was like, Jillian, this thing is happening. I think we can go. And <laughs> Yeah, if you guys check Twitter, you could probably see our last minute, like a few hours before the event yeah. happened, tweets to them like, can we get in? Is this like, possible? Are you 20 over 21? We're like, yes. <laughs> and then it happened. And then um, it happened and we met new people. Yeah, it was a really cool experience. I mean, it was like, it was a very hip LA kind of event. Mm-hmm. I was expecting more like bookish nerds. Yeah, and like stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it was still a lot of fun. I feel like a lot of this podcast... We, I mean, we made it about the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, but it inadvertently becomes sort of a show business podcast yeah. because, like, you know, it, it was a production. A lot of the work that goes into making projects in Los Angeles, like, this was one of those projects and no one knew what it was going to be at the time. Yeah. So I feel like we're inadvertently teaching a lot of our listeners a lot about how Hollywood works, <laughs> sure. you know? And uh, this was definitely one of those events, but every, like everyone was so pretty. <laughs> yes, where I'm like, I just came after work. I'm underdressed, clearly. I and am. we did meet Craig Frank, who was aware of who we are. Yeah, I, like <laughs> Craig Frank, guys, who played Fitz on the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. We're kind of a big deal <laughs> in the Lizzie Bennet Diaries community. We're kind of a thing. <laughs> And we also met Jay Bushman, who was the transmedia producer of the Elizabeth Diaries and co-creator in transmedia of Sanditon. Yeah, it was a real treat to meet him because he listens to the podcast. He's also someone who oh listens. My gosh. <laughs> One of our 
hundred of fans. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was like, yeah. I almost made up millions, and then I'm like, who am I kidding? Yeah. One of our hundred of fans, and uh, we're going to totally have him on the show one day. Yeah, definitely. It was funny because we mentioned, he had mentioned Margaret, and we're like, we're going to have her on the show. He's like, yeah, I know. I talked to her. And we're like, oh my gosh, <sighs> people know who we are. Small world, and we yeah. keep getting mentioned in it. Yes. So. Yeah, so we'll eventually have him on. It'll be really exciting to talk about the behind the scenes of Transmedia and everything else. After, like, poking each other, we finally introduced ourselves to Diane as well from Emma Prue, who played Harriet. It was lovely to meet her. Yes. She was not aware of who we are. No. (laughs) But that makes sense because we haven't, yeah, we (laughs) haven't talked about or tagged anything Emma Prue because we're not there yet. 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 (laughs) So. It'll happen and, uh eventually gonna be world famous so uh you heard it here first yes <laughs> all right well speaking of world famous <laughs> not even uh let's, let's jump right into episode 35 home sweet home written by kate rorick the bennets are finally back from netherfield and lizzie is the most excited one of them all after mrs bennett supposedly was renovating the bennett household it was going through extreme renovations they are now back in livable conditions and so lizzie jane and lydia are all back at home we're back we're back 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 you would think after the way Lizzie reacted that she'd been living in hell for one for a month, you <laughs> yes. know, like she, she'd been staying in a pit of fire and she's like, finally, I'm out. That was the worst. Most people are excited to get out of their home or like see new things or travel. And Lizzie is just so excited to be back at home, back in her room and back to her normal everyday life mm-hmm. where she doesn't have to run into Darcy at any point of the day. Again, it's not like Netherfield was the worst possible living situation, but... I think Darcy really just... I mean, I think Lizzie very much treats her home as a retreat. And she goes out and she lives her life and takes her classes. And when she wants to be in her room, she wants to be alone. Of course, she like invites the whole internet in there with right. her. But her her vibe is very thwarted when she's confronted with Darcy. Yeah, and she's especially happy to have Charlotte back in her life, which Charlotte could have easily visited Netherfield, right? <laughs> yeah, like, isn't Netherfield, like, in their hometown? I don't understand, like, all these video message or video letters to Charlotte. Like, there, there was nothing preventing Lizzie from hanging out with Charlotte. Even if they were in a different state, Skype is still a thing. Again, this is one of those things that easily falls apart if you look at it too closely, but... You know what? She was being a good guest. She obviously didn't leave the house that much, even though I'm pretty sure she had her car. She clearly just kind of stopped living her normal life when she moved five miles away. Yeah. Yeah, we're still unsure if we should build some kind of map of, like, where everything is, because we don't know how distance-wise in this modern adaptation how far everything is. Yeah. One of those things we'll never know. Well, definitely is in the same... I remember one of the perks of li- of them living at Netherfield is Jane... Because if they moved in with Mary, Jane would have to commute forever to go to work. And right. And so, obviously, she's still close to work when she's here. Also, our thoughts and theories about Mrs. Bennett doing foundation work were confirmed. Because if you watch HGTV, like I do when I go to my parents' house, you see that your foundation can easily eat up half your budget. You know, when you were going to, like, renovate the bathroom and it was going to increase the value of your home you're actually saving a sinking ship your house is sinking into the ground anyway you can tell i watch this too much <laughs> yeah lizzie notes that there's 
hardly any changes. And again, was there any changes? Was this all part of Mrs. Bennett's diabolical plan? Only Mrs. Bennett knows. (laughs) And what else is interesting is, you know, Lizzie's just kind of like, all right, we're back from Netherfield. What's next? Like that was such a big, she, she was so uprooted in that situation that she was like planning it in her mind. Like once I'm home, everything is going to be different. Everything is going to be better. And it wasn't the case. Yeah, Lizzie kind of goes back to like, well, I already did VidCon. I already did this. Now I have to get ready for grad classes. Summer's almost over. So she's kind of in the state of, yeah, now what do I do now that I have nothing going on and there's no new news in the Jane and Bane category? There's literally no news. Like, yeah, there's no mention of how he reacted to their leaving or... Any new plans coming up between the two? I mean, the two were living together for a month. Let's mm-hmm. not act like Jane was staying in the guest wing of <laughs> Netherfield. You know, we know she had a pregnancy scare. She was hanging out with Bing. And I bet her life feels especially different that she's not with him every single day. Yeah, through costume theater, Lizzie as Mrs. Bennett is kind of teasing jane of like you're not married you're not pregnant you should have come home with a ring and all the kind of things yeah you had him in your clutches yes in your clutches and then jane calls her out and says she doesn't say clutches yes i thought jane's reaction was a little strange though because usually she gets all like and like a little embarrassed but like oh why are you saying that we're not gonna get married like no of course not (laughs) that's not gonna happen for like another two weeks or something (laughs) two weeks But when Lizzie brings it up this time, it feels like she's a little more, like, uncomfortable about it. And she's, like, not as certain as she once was. Yeah, what happened there? Yeah, and I mean, obviously there's a lot unspoken of what is happening between Jane and Bing when we don't see them in videos or letters to Charlotte. (laughs) There was never any letters to Charlotte. Not one. (laughs) So it's adorable puppy Bing of, like, hey, Charlotte. (laughs) Literally every, every single time. Every time he comes in the room, he's like, hey, Charlotte. Like, like oh, you're so cute. You believe everything that yeah. you hear. <laughs> and then Charlotte, you know, I'm glad she's back. But she, she, she becomes a total buzzkill because she's like, so, Lizzie, I'm glad you had a good time staying in your mansion for the past month. But how about we get a job now? And Lizzie's <laughs> just... Like, the whole point of grad school is to delay getting a job. And here Charlotte is trying to force a job on her while still in grad school. That's no fun. And she's like, oh, you reached out to people. That's cute. I've already contacted people from VidCon and begun several dialogues, which will hopefully lead to future opportunities. Not Ricky Collins. What? You never got in touch with Ricky Collins. Lizzie has been proactive. She's been reaching out to any connections she made at VidCon, which is great on her initiative and trying to get out there. But the direct connection they have to web video and a potential job being at Ricky Collins, she chose to not reach out to him. Granted, he's also very annoying. So I can see why she wouldn't immediately think of Ricky Collins as someone to reach out to. Exactly. Ricky Collins is essentially the poster child for mansplaining. And we'll get into that a lot more in the next episode because we see his face. And he's very, he's not overtly doing it, which is why I think he's not such a hated character in this adaptation. He's just very annoying and like, 
I don't know how to like word no, it. No, he I'm doesn't like, even. He he's pretty ignorant of his own actions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not very self aware. No, he's not. He's like he really genuinely thinks. And again, we'll we'll jump into this episode thirty six. But he's trying to be helpful. He just doesn't realize that he's preaching this to someone who already knows everything about he's, it and to lizzie this comes off as pretty condescending because right i mean he says things like have you thought about or like um it's actually about repetition 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 wow thank you yeah i know everyone yeah. knows yeah and so charlotte does see some potential in like getting a job from ricky collins like there could be a lot to learn there if anything there's a lot to teach him but because of the fact that he's still learning about it that she could spin it and be like yeah you can pay me this much and like i'll do everything for you and she can like negotiate her salary up yeah i mean he's kind of a goober but he's a goober who got a big venture capitalist yeah funding which is a big deal somehow and- he tricked that and you know what i i think charlotte is being really savvy here i think she kind of sees somebody who can a little bit be controlled because ricky collins is clearly someone who's very passionate about this subject but he dictates his passion on a very basic level like he has a very rudimentary understanding of how to make a video blog or video series and he has no idea how little he knows. By showing that you know just like a little bit more than he does, it would be easy for her to, I mean, because think about it. He's their age, you know? Yeah. Like, it's one thing to try and get a job at like a big company that's already established, but you're kind of on the lower level. Whereas if you get in with someone who you went to school with your whole life, you have like a better chance of becoming more of an equal in their company. Yeah. And Charlotte sees that potential, and Lizzie refuses to see that potential. Lizzie's like, not in a thousand years, not for a million dollars. He's unbearable. I have standards. Thank you very much. And they've had that argument slash conversation before of, like, are you working to, you know, make money? Or do you want to work to make a difference in the world? And sometimes making a difference in the world doesn't make you money. So you have to, like, sacrifice one or the other. Not only that, but sometimes changing the world means working with people who aren't perfect for you because Lizzie's sort of holding out for this perfect dream job that she's constructed in her head. And mm-hmm. she, she doesn't quite know what it is, but she knows it's not with Ricky Collins. Whereas Charlotte is much more flexible and she's being practical. And that's how they are in the book too. Like Charlotte is like 27-ish years old, 28. And she's unmarried and she's looking at all the guys her age getting snapped up by younger women. And she's like, oh crap. I mean, we talked about this with Margaret Dunlap. She said, either I get married or I'm homeless. And she chooses someone over homelessness, which is a smart thing to do, even if you don't follow your heart, which is kind of like, Lizzie has, I think, a very Disney princess ideal about what her future job is going to (laughs) be. Yeah. And I like that at the end, we get that moment with all of the sisters and Charlotte together in the frame. And it's nice to see them all reunited again. And big pile. Yeah. Happy. The band is back together. Going then to episode 36, Mr. Collins Returns, written by Margaret Dunlap. Our BFF. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, somebody in Lizzie's social circle has found her videos. And she claims that she's okay with it. She's like, I don't care. Like, I hope he finds my videos. But she says nasty things about him. And Charlotte tries to shut her best friend's big mouth by saying, hey, 
you need to uh, cool it with insulting him because he's watching this. And Lizzie's like, well, not every episode. <laughs> kind of like how I feel about the people we've had on the podcast who don't listen to the podcast. Sure. I'm like, come at me. You don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Ricky Collins being the savvy web person that he is, even with his limited, sometimes what it seems his limited knowledge, was able to find Lizzie Bennett's videos. Uh, well, he probably knows how to spell her name. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure the videos came up. And he is super excited about it because he knows so much about web video and now he can fully discuss this with Lizzie. Yeah, and it's so funny how I think even though Charlotte's the one who's trying to keep an eye out for how to make a deal with uh, getting a job. Or move, he, yeah, move up in web video, kind of that industry. He's the one reaching out to Lizzie saying, hey, we could do something here because I've got a company that does web videos and you've got an already popular video blog. Let's talk about it. And then he's basically like, so how, how cool? Like if I were to translate what he was saying, he's like, oh my goodness. How, how amazing is it that you just turn on the button and you record yourself talking about your sister's love life and the <laughs> world watches. Like that's what he's saying. I mean, she says, quote, he antagonizes me. Which again, like he, I don't think he, Ricky Collins means to do any of this. He's just very everything's just kind of going over his head in a way because he's like best intentions the best of intentions trying to learn about all of this and really get up to speed with everything and thinking that he's sharing all of this new knowledge with lizzie yeah i know that's why we oh i don't know if you know this but the accepted term is now vlog much in the same way that web blog was contracted to form blog video blog or i suppose video web blog has been contracted to form vlog <laughs> You don't say. <laughs> it's like it's revolutionary, but this is not new information for really anyone watching. Yeah, he sounds like a textbook. Yeah. Like, but like a 101, like a video YouTube 101 textbook. Like, thank you for literally the most basic information ever. And even though Lizzie now knows that Ricky watches her videos, she like doesn't want to hold back with anything she's been saying, whereas Charlotte kind of stops her and says, wait, wait, wait. Ricky's watching now. We should watch what we say because Charlotte is trying to get hired by Ricky. Because <laughs> yeah, Charlotte has like half a brain. And now Lizzie's the one who needs a Snickers because she thinks like, you know, he's not, Collins is not, I don't think she's, he's antagonizing Lizzie. No. He's not deliberately egging her on. He thinks that he is the holy grail of web video information. He is ignorant about his own ignorance and Lizzie's had it up to here with the mansplaining. Yeah. I get it. It's annoying. But, you know, one thing you can't say about him is that he's doing it on purpose. You know, he's just like this lovable little cartoon guy. Cartoon businessman. Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree with that. But does that make it better or worse? The fact that he doesn't realize he's doing it. I mean, so many times there's there's that those are situations where in our everyday lives <laughs> where that may have our own personal experience yes, <laughs> where that may happen where you have like life advice to the young women out there too yes <laughs> where you have men like explaining something you do very well to you and you're like yes I know and they're doing it in a condescending way but in this case he's someone who's like really supportive of everything she's doing and really excited about web video and with the best of intentions she's like yeah i'm teaching you this thing that that i now know and you probably don't know well and because i think that's how a lot of they're like 
I can take your thing and make it better. And yeah. he's doing it with the purest of intentions. I mean, actually, I, that's where I got to give a big round of applause to Maxwell Glick. Yeah. Because Collins is a douchebag. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you remember even when we covered the letter that he wrote, like, Pride and Prejudice, OG source material. Mm -hmm. He wrote basically, because he's like Mr. Bennett's cousin's son, and they didn't get along. So basically, Mr. Collins knows that he's like, he's like the Matthew Crawley in this situation. Like, he knows he's next in line for the Bennett estate. Right. So he writes a letter basically saying, hey, I know you and my dad didn't get along, but like, life's too short to not get along. You need me. So like... We might as well get along if I'm going to inherit your land. Right. Like, very arrogant about the fact that, you know, neither of his, none of his daughters are married, but, like, not married yet. Like, they're all total catches. Like, and especially in when you sort of see, like, the movie and the miniseries version, he comes in like, ooh, which one do I get to pick? Which yeah. one do I get? You know, like, he, he, he sort of comes in with the intention of marrying one of five daughters. Like, yeah. he has... Five choices. He gets good options. Granted, he chooses like the prettiest and nicest one. But luckily, Mrs. Bennett is too smart to be like, oh, sure. No, like she's like, no, like is waiting Jane for Jane is spoken for. Jane is spoken for. <laughs> she is on deck for marriage. But Lizzie so, yeah. needs someone who, like, I think that Mrs. Bennett wants sort of like a Rolf and Liesel situation for Elizabeth Bennett. You know, like, I am 17 going on 18. I'll take care of you. She's kind of hoping like maybe Collins can tame Lizzie's wild antics, her reading and her outspokenness and her unladylike behavior. I think she really would like someone like that for Lizzie. And she's like, perfect. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone by having my weirdest daughter (laughs) marry the guy who is set to inherit this land. Check. She doesn't even pretend to want Ricky in the same room as her. Like, to answer your earlier question of does it make it better or worse that he doesn't realize how much mansplaining is going on, I think it makes it a little bit better because I feel like if you were to point out the wrongs that he's committing, he would actively change his behavior to try and make himself more tolerable. Like, I feel like if someone actually told him, you're being a douchebag, he would be mortified and he'd try and correct his behavior. I feel like- But I mean, in the same way, if he's he's someone who's watching the videos and he sees Lizzie's reactions to what he's saying and he still doesn't catch on, why isn't he catching on? I mean, unless (laughs) Lizzie needs to explain explicitly stated out for him like you realize that you are being a jerk right now i am actively making web video i don't need to learn from you you can learn from me kind of thing yeah like the fact that i have something that you want means that there's an imbalance of power but not in the way that you think there is like i have the upper hand here you should be taking advice from me yeah i mean i I still think lizzie has a lot to learn oh yeah definitely i mean i think charlotte is the one who's taking more of the active role and and really learning more whereas lizzie's just like my sister's love life let's talk about it oh charlotte's gonna outlive (laughs) us all she's gonna like rule the world one day we're gonna be like when did this happen uh it happened when she was pointing out all the mistakes that lizzie was making Yeah, because she like I feel like every other episode you and I are like she's an idiot she's leaving the door open she's not changing the names she's gonna get caught and that's why Charlotte says let's hold back on criticizing Ricky I also love well I will say one area where Ricky is dominating is he calls Lizzie's videos out for what they are which is she just talks about her sister's love life. Yes, as I'm also compelled to tell you that you are far too talented to confine your professional endeavors to a confessional style vlog centered largely around your sister's love life. He totally calls her out. He's like, yeah, you you talk about your sister's love life. Like, 
She's got a great platform that she's wasting on Jing. I mean, with these past two videos, we've seen that without Jane's love life, there's really no substance to what Lizzie is saying because she even has called herself out on it. Like, oh, there's nothing, there's no new developments. What can I talk about? And so she reverts back to, well, I guess summer is ending and I guess Collins is being annoying still. But she doesn't like get excited about her videos when she doesn't have Bing and Jane to talk about, like about what's going on with their relationship. Yeah, I just, like, fell asleep hearing what you had to say about what's happening in her life. Like, it's so boring. She doesn't... Also, something I'd like to know about her supposed university. It's summer! Why hasn't she chosen her classes yet? When I was in college, it was, like, at the end of the semester, you had to choose your classes for the following semester. What is she doing, like, wandering aimlessly in the summertime? One of those things I'm sure the writers thought, they'll never notice. (laughs) We noticed. We noticed. (laughs) I feel like we need to, now that we've had a writer on and she's called us out for calling her out, we need to be a lot nicer. <laughs> this is very true. We can't be like Lizzie. We I can't know. just, we need to be more like Charlotte. We got to hold back. Hold back. Yeah, no, we can't just assume, oh, no one's listening to us rant. They are. <laughs> Jumping to the comments section now where we read original YouTube comments from when the episodes first aired. For episode 35, comment by Capanoli who says, I like this version of Collins. He comes across as more of a lovable dork. His personality can be overwhelming, I'm sure, but he's not a douche Lizzie would have us believe he is. This version of Mr. Collins helps highlight Lizzie's main flaw. She tends to hold on to the first impressions she has of people, no matter how flawed that first impression may be. Therefore, I think that we must make our own conclusions about the true character of Mr. Collins, as well as another Mr. in her life. That was a very insightful comment. I especially love when she says Lizzie holds on to first impressions. I bet you that's why the original draft of this novel was called First Impressions. Full circle. (laughs) It came all the way around. Yeah. I mean, she's got a, she's right now, she has the best view of like Wickham. She thinks Wickham's like this great, charming guy. And she's really holding on to that. She thinks Ricky is this horrible, annoying person. She thinks Darcy is like a jerk and arrogant and stuck up and she like really holds on to that first impression of everyone she meets how shall she choose my books and things says strange i recall collins being engaged is your mother so desperate that she'll try to get an engaged guy to unengage himself and marry one of her daughters like some sort of romantic comedy i think so (laughs) This is one of those theories where they thought marriage could still be a possibility for Lizzie and Char- or Charlotte to Collins. And so what would that look like, especially if Collins is engaged to a mystery woman in Canada? <laughs> yes. Who knows? Lisa Chang says, wait, shampoo can make your hair look that different? Oh, right. This we sort of skipped over while we were talking about the episode, but basically... Lydia's hair was originally kind of like an orangey red, and now it's like a maroon red, and Lizzie commented on it, and Lydia was just like, what, I used Mary shampoo, and it made it, like, I think that was just a one-liner to explain the fact that Mary-Kate had changed the color of her hair. (laughs) Yeah, which, like, people change the color of their hair all the time, so I don't, I don't know, it was interesting that they chose to, like, point that out. But it's just a different shade of red, because what's interesting is I remember Hank telling us, Oh, like basically one of the reasons that Ashley and Laura got cast is because they had red hair and Mary Kate got cast first because and she had red hair. So like it all came together. But like what if it had been this maroon color? Would it have looked as red? 
Who knows? Who knows? Just, just, we weren't in the room when it happened. Food for thought. Yoshikawa98 says, didn't Lizzie leave the house at all when she was at Netherfield? Like, go visit Charlotte or something? I'm glad this comment exists because Lizzie wasn't trapped in the house. Didn't she have her car? Didn't she have everything else? The way Lizzie talks about Netherfield is like she was basically locked in that room and couldn't <laughs> leave for a month. And like they like fed food like through a like slot in the door and Caroline would come visit her every so often and wave at the camera. But Lizzie could totally leave. Like is Netherfield like a nice place? Could she walk around? Could she explore places? Like this could have been a nice month relaxation kind of thing but she chose to make it like the worst possible month ever it was a staycation you're still in your hometown like i don't know if you couldn't stand being at netherfield couldn't you just go to the mall i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like what do we what where do people go yeah and we did also talk about the fact that charlotte could have also visited but again charlotte was maybe had more important things to do like find a job that pays money Comments for episode 36, Emma N. says, If the Lizzie Collins romance is being changed into a business transaction, I really hope that doesn't mean that the Lizzie-Darcy relationship is going to end with Darcy funding her vlogs or something (laughs) instead of them getting married. (laughs) That's the most unromantic thing. Like, I get the concern, but like, that would be so unromantic. Can you imagine all this build of like a famous love story? And at the end, Darcy and Lizzie just shake hands and he's like, I'm so happy about this acquisition. Yeah. <laughs> I am now an investor in the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. She's that, like, this is my dream come true. Ah, uh, And like she turns to the camera and she's like, this is what you should be aspiring to, young ladies. It should, but like also we are here for the romance. Right. <laughs> Deanna Kovelson says... What was with that tea? Dear Lord, if the man can't make a proper cup of tea, at least teach him how to do that. How has he gotten through life so far without it? This was referring to Collins not being able to make a cup of tea, which like tea is just, I mean, the most basic of things. You literally can't screw up tea. You you can't screw up tea. Boil water, okay? Like any water. And then you pour it over a bag, a tea bag. You can buy them at your local store (laughs) unless you're like filling a little satchel with twigs and dirt and pouring hot water over that. You can't screw up tea. Obviously, it was just a faulty tea bag. Amish Ryan says she was so rude. The guy isn't that bad. He's not being outright rude to her. Sure, he's a bit annoying and speaks extremely formally all the time, but he's not as rude as Mr. Darcy and I feel he's getting the same amount of criticism. That's Lizzie for you. And we can only compare them right now so much because we don't know Darcy. We haven't really seen him. We haven't seen him on camera or really know how he talks to Lizzie, except through interactions that we've seen via costume theater. But yeah, right now, Mr. Collins is a little bit annoying, has the best of intentions, speaks extremely formally, but she can get over it. Well, at least for the foreseeable future, we won't be seeing bing or caroline anymore lizzie won't be actively interacting with darcy so we'll see how lizzie continues to come up with video ideas i know (laughs) like i can juggle for you yeah that wraps it up for this episode check out our social media you can find us on twitter and instagram at the pemberley we're on facebook at facebook.com slash the pemberley and if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions email us at the pemberley podcast at gmail.com and to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thepemberley or leave a review on iTunes. That helps other people to find this podcast. 
You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye.